Today on the Win Daily Show, I have Jennifer Piacenti. Did I say that? Did enough inflection, enough Italian in it? That was beautiful. You know what they say about Italians? You always just lean on the vowel. Like if Italians are really emphatic, they say, Mamma mia. So I say Piacenti if you want to just be. Piacenti. Yes, but Love it's it. Piacenti. Yeah. Piacenti. Jennifer <laughs> Piacenti, fantasy sports analyst for fantasyalarm.com, radio host on Sirius XM Sports Radio Alarm After Hours with Justin Fensterman. Jennifer. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm going to have a blast. I know it. I can tell. Already? Jeez, it's only been a couple <laughs> minutes. Look at us. This is going to be fun. So one thing, uh, as I told you, we, we're trying to just talk to so many people in the industry here at Wind Daily. We, we love the people who came before us and the people who have laid the groundwork for let, to let us do what we do, which is just talk about fantasy sports and gambling and help other people win some money. Um, another thing we really love to do is make sure that people are you know, well-rounded human beings. If you're, your mind, body, and your soul, all that aligns. You're going to be better at gambling. You're going to be better at daily fantasy sports. So the first question I always love to ask everybody is, how do you make sure that you win each and every day? Well, I mean, you're going to probably chuckle at this, but every morning I get up, I have my cup of coffee and I have my private time. I do. And I read and I meditate or do whatever I need to do to get myself in the right space. I also try to exercise almost every day. I grew up dancing um, pretty seriously, and then I had a, a short career as well as a dancer in New York. So to me, movement is really, really important, and it helps me connect with myself. So if I've got those two things going on, and in addition to that, if it happens to be a gorgeous day and I can do it outside, I mean, there's no way you're not winning. That sounds just absolutely perfect. I'm not going to laugh at that at all. I try and wake <laughs> up every morning and I try and do my meditation. Uh, I love my coffee. It really wakes me up. I also make like the strongest mud. I buy the cheapest, worst coffee and I just load that thing up. So it's just practically mud at that point. So I just like how much cheap, in- like, like Folgers cheap or like cheaper Trader Joe's cheap. Uh, yeah, probably towards the Trader Joe's side. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of good cheap. So that, that, that yeah. qualifies. Well, I'm not going to tell you what kind of coffee I buy. Let's just say that. <laughs> How does that sound? Uh, but no, I love that in the morning, you know, like getting, getting that ready, drinking that cup of coffee, really injecting the good caffeine. And no, I, I meditate every single day. I love it. It's a great way to just kind of clear my head, clear my head space, which I think is very important. And yeah, you're completely right. Where, where do you live out of curiosity? What state are you, do you reside in? I'm in California now. I spent a long time okay. in New York, but I moved to California just over a year ago. All right. Not bad. So yeah. I guess pretty much every day then is a nice day, I'm assuming, right? Pretty much, though. This last week, we had some dreary days. And you know what? I took that as a sign to be like, you know what? It's okay. Stay inside and just chill. Because sometimes the sun, after living in New York for so long, sometimes the sun is like um, almost feels like, well, I have to go outside. It's sunny. I have to go outside. It's sunny. But you know what? It's not in short supply in California. But when you get a dreary day, you can say, all right, this is like my permission to just stay inside and, and be inside. And relax a little bit. Yeah. You don't, yeah. I guess I wouldn't know what that's like. I'm out here in New Jersey. I'm about an out, hour outside of New York city. So yeah, when it is nice out, I mean, I think we've had three nice days so far this year and each one I tried to spend as much time as I could outside. And today I woke up and everything was covered in ice. I guess we had a a freeze warning last night so yeah enjoy enjoy an extra day of sun for me yeah. if you don't mind How's i don't that? miss that so. part <laughs> i will i will i appreciate that um so where where did your love of sports come from i mean growing up a dancer that's cool oh i just want to yeah. tell you uh my girlfriend and i my fiance and i uh we've uh-huh. been taking we took dance lessons for like three years so like ballroom dance lessons okay we did it all so it was an absolute blast i just wanted to throw that in there but awesome where does your love of sports come from so um i actually grew up in the arts um and I'm completely, I was never an athlete. 
Okay. Um, but my dad was an athlete and my uncles were athletes and it was something I always just felt wasn't me. I was a dancer. I sang opera in New York. I've had a very, very opposite to an athlete's life, but I always loved it because I saw how happy it made my dad. And the main reason I got into it is because I knew that if I wanted to spend time with my dad, all I had to do was say yes. If he said, do you want to go to my softball game? Or do you want to go to the Mavericks game tonight? I would just say yes. And then I would get that time with my dad. And usually at the end of that, there was an ice cream cone or a Coke from the igloo or something really cool when I was young. And then when I was older, even though we didn't really talk that much in the car, you know how it kind of is when you're a teenager. It was just like knowing like me and my dad, we're good, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's held on. And because of that, I just went to kind of hang out with my dad and have something to do, but I picked up a real love for it. And because of that, it also gives me a real homey, happy feeling mm -hmm. um, watching baseball. And for football, of course, I grew up in Texas. So there's just, it's in your blood. Like yeah. you catch it. Yeah. It's like a virus, like a football virus. And we've all got it. So yes. football is Friday night lights. That's a real thing. Um, and baseball is, is really that time. Like I said, with, with my dad. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. I, I agree. There's something about baseball, you know, sitting in the stands. It's, it's a nice, it's a, it's a, it's a summer day, you know, it's a, especially yeah. up here in the Northeast, it's probably hot and humid, but it's enjoyable. You got a beer, you got a hot dog. There's just that weird nostalgia factor to it that like nothing is, nothing's bad. Everything's perfect. You have nothing to worry about. You're just there to enjoy the game. That's exactly it. It's that real like Americana feeling, you know, and I mm -hmm. love a lot of sports and I love them all for different reasons. But baseball is my favorite because it does feel like America's pastime and it feels like time kind of stops. And yeah, when you're there, you're watching the game 100%, but you can also chat with your friends. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just a beautiful way to pass time. Yes. Baseball. My favorite part about baseball is you can do anything and watch a baseball game, you know, read a book, read a magazine, <laughs> eat some food, take a nap. You can do all of those things and you can watch an entire baseball game. And that's why I love it. Uh, my favorite thing to do while watching baseball is actually to turn on another baseball game. So that's always fun. Having two of those on at the same time is always what I try and get to do. And then you talk about football. So you grew up in Texas, uh, as you said, mm -hmm. Friday night lights is a real thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how accurate the TV show is. We don't need to get too deep into that, but like college football, which did you grow up? Any of the, the big schools? Do you, were you a, a Longhorns fan? Aggie TCU. fan? TCU. Oh yeah. Horn you, okay. Let's yeah, go. So, you did go to TCU, yeah, right? I did go to TCU and so you, um, we we're pretty good. Yeah. Was, what, yeah. what years were you there? Uh, mm, no, no, okay, no. never mind. Never mind. I was, I was trying to line up Andy Dalton because I know Andy Dalton was really good for, uh, you know, yeah. he was really great at TCU. So yeah. I wasn't sure if you were there during that time. But great point. I apologize. Hand up. That one's on me. Sorry about that. Um, and so did you grow up a TCU fan and then ended up going there? Was that kind of the, 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 the path, I guess? No, not really. I think I just... Um... Really, to be honest, when I went to visit colleges, I thought it was the one with the prettiest campus, the end. Okay. And, you know, it felt like the nicest. And I went to tech, Texas Tech and I went to visit all of those schools and I just didn't feel like it was the most homey for leaving home. Mm -hmm. And TCU felt like it was. And yeah, we did have a good football team. And but at that time, sports wasn't necessarily in my radar. I was looking more for a music program. But of course, you get there and it turns out your football team is good. That's really exciting. That is pretty great. I went to Rutgers. So we had like three games that were important when I was there. And those were the three best, hands down, just kind of underneath the lights. Everyone's there. Everyone cares. ESPN's there. It's just an absolute blast. So, I mean, in Texas, that's just a regular Saturday. Yeah. But uh, yeah. 
yeah. you know, I, I count my blessings when I can. So I think that's great. So when did you, you know, as you said, you had this illustrious career, you were in dance, you, you had, you were an opera. I saw you were an actor at one point, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. like at what point did you think like, okay, I, I like sports. I like fantasy sports. How can you turn this into a career? At what point and uh, where along the timeline did that happen? Yeah. So that didn't actually, that wasn't a natural thing. It wasn't a, a, a conscious decision. What mm-hmm. happened was um, I was in New York and I was performing and I was actually playing fantasy sports on my own because I just looked at fantasy baseball and I would see guys say they play fantasy baseball. And I was like, I could win that. And I'd go online, I'd play with strangers or play with friends and I would always win that, right? But I wasn't playing with like other experts or anything. Uh-huh. It was pretty easy to win. And so I would tweet about it sometimes on my social media. And when you're an actor, of course, you're supposed to have a website and social media and all this. So one time I was in a show and I got like a piece of fan mail from somebody that said, you know, you are so wonderful in the show. I just loved it. And then the next I said, thank you. You know, and then he wrote me back the next day. He's like, wait a second. I just went and I see you're a big fantasy sports fan. Would you ever consider? consider helping me with my team. I play in this big money auction league. I see that you know a lot about the NL. I know a lot, I'm a Yankees fan, so I only know AL. And I was like, all right, let me check this guy out. So, you know, quick Google search, triangulation, whatever. It turns out totally on the up and up, great guy. So we end up meeting, I end up joining his team and guess who the auctioneer is for that auction? None other than Jason Collette. So we all know oh. Jason Collette of fan graphs and you know, just, fantastic guy. And a year afterward, he said, Hey, Jen, um, I'm doing the tout auction at Sirius XM. I'm allowed to bring two guests. Do you want to be on the guest list? I said, heck yeah, I do. Uh So showed up. I'm the only girl there. There's like 25 people. Um, Steve Cozzolino is there. He invites me in. He's like, Hey, you know, I'll take care of you. I'll introduce you to people. And I'm tweeting about it. And suddenly Colton and the Wolfman on Sirius XM start retweeting me. And basically, you see where this story goes. I get end up getting invited to play in a league with all these guys, with Adam Ronas and Nando Dufino and all these people. I meet Nando Dufino. I meet all these people. One thing leads to another. And then you just get asked if you want to try something. Do you want to try this TV show? Do you want to try this? And it's just been so much fun. I just kind of follow where the joy is. And I still love singing. And if a singing opportunity came up, I would do it. But right now, there's just been opportunities that happen to appear. And so I've just been trying to follow my heart. And that's basically what happened. And it rolled from there. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's just so awesome. I, I truly believe, you know, opportunities always knocking. You just have to open up yeah. the door, right? I know it's a little little corny, a little cliche, but I do believe it. I mean, if, if things if people keep asking you things, you I think if you just keep saying yes, only good mm-hmm. things will continue mm-hmm. to happen. And it clearly has sounded like you keep saying yes to all these opportunities. Um, at what point, I guess, as you said, it wasn't a conscious decision on, okay, this is where I want my career to go. But at what point did you start to reflect and be like, well, I guess this is the way my career has gone at this point. Like at what point yeah. did you kind of realize like, I'm in this, like we're here. It was about, I would say it was only about six or six months ago. Um, that I really realized that this is happening. And probably mm-hmm. the real moment I realized it was happening was when I got the um, opportunity for Sirius XM. 
Mm-hmm. Because at that point I was like, okay, this is no longer like I'm kind of doing it on the side and guesting. And I was actually, you know, getting compensated and that was already big because that's lucky in this sport mm-hmm. if you have any kind. And then Series XM came along as like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have a national presence, you know, once a week to say what I think. This is amazing. And I was scared, of course, like totally scared. I've never done radio. Mm-hmm. What if I sound like an idiot? What if people judge what I say? And the first show, my co-host is so fantastic Justin Finsterman we had so much fun I don't it went so fast and I thought you know what I'm having a blast I'm just going to do this I'm going to pursue it and I'm going to do as much as I can so yeah this is what I'm going to focus on for a while and it's it's been joyful the people that have um, contacted me for help for advice um, they're all lovely um, people tell stories about getting these, when you're a woman, getting these terrible DMs. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen to me. It's just, you know, that's awesome. I've only had a positive experience, so I'm just having fun. I'm so ready for sports to come back though, because this is my first full year as a real fantasy analyst. I mean, and for, I need baseball. I really need it. That's my thing. I, I was just, that was going to be my next question. I mean, the perfect time, right. To start becoming, you know, professional and, and full-time at something is of course yeah. you know, your favorite sport you don't even get to spend any time with it at this right. point right and it's, it's right. so unfortunate obviously there's lots of stuff going on so there's really not too much we can do about that but um you know we could talk about baseball a little bit so who yeah. are you so you grew up in texas are you a rangers fan are you an I'm oh not. no you're an, I astros, am an fan. astros fan oh no yeah it's been a tough it's been a tough time um to be honest because you know, I was at the 2017 World Series. I was at that game five with the multiple lead changes, the mm-hmm. Keuchel Kershaw oh, duel. That was insane. Um, and I was there with my father, and it was our first time, and it was a special experience we gifted to ourselves for our birthdays. And the memories mm-hmm. um, were just the emotions and the high of it was just off the charts. And now, of course with everything that's come out, it's been, it's been a real soul searching thing, you know, like, what do you do when you're a fan? I mean, you don't want to just, they're still your team, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you're incredibly disappointed and you wonder like, what is it about your memories and all of that? So it's been a trying year. So I guess in that way, I'm a little glad baseball has been a little slow to come back because I think it eases that a bit. When it first came out, I I had to um, talk about it a lot on the radio, Mm -hmm. talk about it a lot in interviews and it, it, became sometimes like people were attacking me you know and like look I I'm a I was a fan from before like it's not and that's where I think that sometimes I've gotten bothered that people have really crossed the line with this like so somebody did something wrong it doesn't give you the you know yeah ability to treat you're not you weren't on the team you weren't banging on the trash cans please let me know right. if you were I will direct <laughs> a lot of my hate to you then but you know I'm assuming you were not doing anything like that so right. yeah people uh the internet twitter especially you know hiding behind screen names and, and keyboards is is unfortunate as you said though most of the interactions you've had mm-hmm. have all been positive which is awesome yeah. um and yeah. yeah I mean honestly you know I'm a very big Mets fan if the Mets did something like that I wouldn't mind seeing a world series. Like you're not, you can't take away the memories as you said, right? Like I was able to go in 2015. I went to the, actually the only game they won, which was pretty cool. And I've never felt that feeling before. I don't know what that feeling is called because it was just so overwhelming and incredible being in a stadium with that many people 
and everyone, you know, it, everyone uplifting. And I can only imagine what that game in particular, I remember was just bonkers. Um, it but, was bonkers. But like absolutely incredible. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess like, I don't want to harp too much on it. As you've said, you've already talked a lot about it, but like how, what, what have you done? Like, how, what do you do? Like the colloquial, you, no one knows, but I guess personally, like what have you done and how have you either come to terms with it, coped with it? You know, you're still a fan of the team, right? I don't, I don't if the message yeah. is something like that, I'd still be a fan. Like, Oh, well, that's the thing. I am still a fan of the team. Um, obviously, you're incredibly disappointed. I do have opinions on who I think was involved and who wasn't and why, but they're my opinions. Um, I, to be honest, haven't felt like putting on a cap. I haven't felt like putting on a shirt. And I don't know that I will all year because I just don't feel like it. Um, I also am not one of those asterisk fans that's going to have like the snarky comeback oh you know yeah. i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not that either i get it um as far as fantasy is concerned though i'm buying more astros than i ever have when i'm in auctions when mm -hmm. i'm in drafts and yes i'm still doing all those crazy things because i'm an addict um because do. they're undervalued because they're i understand why you don't want to have them on your team god bless you i didn't want ryan braun on my team for a long time you know i have you have your things or all this chapman or there are reasons you mm -hmm. don't um but these guys are still good players. And if we're talking about winning, I'm, I'm going to take that value. Mm -hmm. And Alex Bregman is still a value, you know, Jose Altuve is still a value. I know there's a lot of argument about, Oh, was he cheating? But you know, his road splits were better in 2017. According to the report, they weren't cheating in 2019. I actually don't think they were. Cause I think if you look at it, it didn't help them that much. Um, and you know, Alex Bregman still had an MVP quality season. Um, as soon as Altuve's knee healed, he was better. Now you can take that or leave it, but the fact is these guys were top prospects. They were great ball players before. Michael Brantley was always really good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like he suddenly magically became a hitter. Now Marvin Gonzalez, that one you can argue. He was benefited. He did magically become good, and I he I probably stole a little money from the Twins. But you know. Mm -hmm. Mostly I'm taking these guys and I'm taking um, the value that I can. Justin Verlander's still going to be an ace. I mean, yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he won the Cy Young last year. Everyone kind of, you know, you see what he did in the playoffs, which wasn't fantastic. It still wasn't not bad. It just wasn't yeah. fantastic. Uh, I mean, but he did win the Cy Young last year. So let's not write he him did. off yet. Um, and no, I totally agree with you. That's one thing that, you know, I have been having those conversations with, with some of my close friends as well. You know, where do you take some of these guys? How much do you, mm -hmm weigh the potential of you know how much were they benefited in those last few years versus well if, if i'm going to get alex bregman i got him in the first round last year if i'm going to get him in the third round you are 100 i'm 100 going to take him that's not even a question All in. like All not in. even a question so we'll see what happens there but what about what about some other um you know fantasy baseball you know just you could just talk at me for the next 10 minutes if you'd like oh. just kind of Anything? Cool. Tell me about the Mets. Who do you think is going to be good on the Mets? How, how many less home runs does P. Alonso hit in a 162-game season? Um, if it were 162-game season? I guess, I would, right? Do you want to talk about it? Like, I, guess, I mean, how, that's just like, a tricky thing. Weird, like, is it 120? Is it 130? Yeah. I think um, Pete Alonso is fantastic. I think he's great. I think there's no way he can sustain those numbers. And that's just, that's just life. That's just baseball. Yeah. You know? Um, do I think he's really good? Yes. Do I think he's one of the top three at the position? Yes. I also think first base is a very shallow position. You basically mm -hmm. have your first few guys and then kind of a big drop up and then you can get anybody. Um, so unless you're getting him, you know, at the top, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know if you can get value on him, get him. It's just a matter of how much you want to go in for me. It's Cody Ballinger, you mm -hmm. know, um, Anthony Rizzo. 
and then Pete Alonso, mm-hmm. and then kind of a drop off. Um, and a lot of times I like to get a swing hitter there. Um, now, one interesting thing, if they go forward with this universal DH, mm-hmm. um, I think Jonas Cespedes could suddenly become back into the conversation. That would be fun. Yeah. And another thing that could happen is if we start going to all these double headers, things like that, I think Seth Lugo could be very interesting in the conversation Mm -hmm. as either a reliever that gets a whole lot of work that puts together essentially a start and a half per week for you with potential wins and saves, or maybe just another starter Mm -hmm. if they have to go to a six man rotation. So there's just, one of the things about this season changing is, is wow, we get new strategies, right? Yeah. So we spent all this time on 162 game season, all this time on these divisional lineups. Obviously it's going to be the Astros and the A's. Obviously it's going to be the Yankees and the Rays, whatever it is. But maybe obviously it's not because now maybe the Yankees are playing versus the Royals and the Tigers, which mm-hmm. means the Yankees are going to have a way even higher win total. Um, and who knows, right? So there's so much more game involved. The way pitchers are going to be used, the way rookies are going to be used. If we have a DH now, we can use definitely Jock Peterson and AJ Pollock. We don't have to worry about that position value. Tyler O'Neill may suddenly be back in the conversation, not just Dylan Carlson, not just Tommy Edmond. There's just a wealth of opportunity. And that's what's exciting to me. This is what I'm saying excited about. So once we get the ruling, what's going down, we can really put together new strategies. And these strategies will not be like any other Mm -hmm. strategy we had before or any we have again. Although there is the question, if we're playing late into the year, how much will it affect 2021? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. That's, that's the thing that I'm most curious about is, is how far they are willing to push it back. Like we've seen, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe it's a neutral site okay, I guess like, yeah, I don't want to play. I can't blame anybody. You know, for some reason they didn't put a dome in Minnesota. Okay. That was, that makes no sense to me, but yeah. also <laughs> I don't think, I don't think the A's or the the twins, like let's see if they can get out of the first round of the playoffs. But you know, the fact that no one's going to want to play there in, you know, October, let alone November, let alone or how close to Christmas are we going to be playing? It's going to be weird. So I'm very curious about that. And yeah, I think 2021 is going to be affected. I think for all sports, 2021 is going to be affected, yeah. including football as well. So that's yeah. definitely something, you know, the upcoming season, at least, I guess, what are, what are some of the main things that you're looking at? You know, like with, with, uh, you know, high end pitchers, like how much more valuable now is Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer versus, you know, maybe those second and third tier pitchers, because, the gap in innings, you know, it's not going to, those 200 innings are now going to be 110, maybe like, how do you look at that? Precisely. So for me, I'm downgrading them. I am absolutely not taking a picture. I don't care if it's Garrett Cole in the first round of my draft and I'm not spending too much money on him because in my mind, Lance McCullers and Jesus Lazardo now can be every bit as good Mm -hmm. as Steven Strasburg right? They've got the high strikeouts per nine. Their innings predictions were what? 120, 130. Well, no problem. Yeah. That's it's it. still that. Yeah, exactly. That's what you got. And they have the stuff um, and they're on winning teams. So like I'm, it's interesting. It's changed everything. Certainly the draft I did on March 14th, I drafted Noah Syndergaard, right? Oh, mm, that's yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It stinks. But there was no clue that that was going to happen. He was having a great spring. What can you do? Obviously if you draft now you draft totally differently, but I've already been thinking, how do I replace Noah Syndergaard? You start looking at it. McCullers is a perfect replacement if he's available. Even someone like Andrew Heaney 
could work out depending on obviously there's a lot more risk there but mm -hmm. but as far as like strikeouts per nine you know you, you don't know so it's it's pretty interesting. The main thing I would say is I have deprioritized pitching even more. I've mm -hmm. never been one to super prioritize it. And I usually still almost always win or finish in the top three mm -hmm. with pitching. I usually get one ace, a good closer, and the rest I cobble together later by doing a lot of research. There's so much value and there's so much you can do with streaming with pitching. Mm -hmm. I, the people that are taking Derek Cole still number five or the people that are starting with two pitchers, I just don't think this is the year to do that. Yeah, especially this year. And and then there's the other uh, the other side of, you know, the so the Noah Syndergaard injury, it stinks that you already had that draft. Mm -hmm. And now if you have that again, you know, obviously no one's going to be taking him this year. But then there's the, you know, the Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton both hurt exactly. in spring training. Now, you know, if you had your draft back in March, I'm sure they weren't drafted super, super high. Now, if you're having your draft in June, in July, potentially, whenever the season might start, those guys are right back on the board. They're totally fine. James Paxton, same thing. Like everybody's not going to be Clevenger. completely healthy. But Clev yep. Thank you. Another one. Like everybody's mm -hmm. going to have all this time off to get healthy now with rehab and everything. It's going to be a little weird, but those guys now pop right back up my board because if they're going to be healthy and I get them for a little while, I'd rather take that for a hundred games than, you know, see who else is out there. Right. A hundred percent in that league. Actually, I happened to pay like $9 for John Collar Stanton because at the not time bad. he's worth nothing. And that could end up being my best purchase mm -hmm. right depending on how this all comes out so yeah there's there's pros there's cons the, like i said the exciting thing for me is hey we, when we play um fantasy sports we are basically playing a game on top of a game mm -hmm. right so what we can work on right now even though that game's not being played we can work on our game and we can sit around and think about well what's our game going to be maybe i'm only going to take long relief pitchers and that's it that I'm not even going to take a starter. Maybe mm -hmm. I think I can win that way based on how the schedule looks. There's so many strategies. And guys like Ryan Braun, you know, who were going to be platoon players, maybe they're going to actually have enough starts to be worth mm -hmm. it for a buck at the end of your draft and still swipe you 10, 15 bags. Who knows? I love it. Man, I love yeah. I love baseball so much. I miss it. I just I miss it it's so much. But it is what it so is. Um, but we're here. Uh, we'll we'll probably dive back into baseball a little bit along the way. But um, I do want to hop back to your career a little bit. So as you said, you've pretty much just said yes to all these opportunities. And mm -hmm. one of the first opportunities, if I'm not mistaken, was the with the Fantasy Sports Network yeah. getting on the TV. I mean, with how how is that one of your first opportunities? I mean, I think that's awesome. I know you've had acting, know. you know, so I don't know if that kind of helps in any way, shape or well, form, but like, what was that like? Just like, Hey, you want to be on TV? It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what happened. Um, I was at a Foley's in New York after talent draft and met a few of the guys, including Nando. And um, yeah, you just sent me an email. I was like, Hey, do you want to be on TV? And I guess it happened because I'm not going to lie. Like we complain about, you know, women, we don't get enough opportunity, but in this case, I think I've gotten an extra opportunity because I am a female and there aren't a lot of women in baseball. And um, instead of feeling like pushed out by it, I've been very welcomed by the community, which has been awesome. And so I think they just thought, Hey, here's a girl. This will be interesting to have a female opinion. And because I've been an actor before I'm, I've been on stage a lot. I think they felt confident. Now, my first time, you know, literally we were filming up in Iona. This is before they had the sports grid studio in Times Square. Mm -hmm. And so we, I met Nando at the train station. I met Adam Ronis and we take the train up and we film at the college and I was nervous as I'll get out and it wasn't live. 
it was pre-taped so Mm -hmm. but we you know we didn't really edit it but um and so that was completely different and then a year later they had the new studios and then I was coming on more regularly with Greg Sussman and Frank Sample and Michael Florio and it was just I guess just lucky I guess just lucky yeah no such thing (laughs) as lucky get out of here no way a little intimidating because I thought at that time how will I ever have all the stats and numbers in my head that these people have? That was overwhelming. And baseball is like, oh my gosh, it's so deep. Mm -hmm. There are so many players and things you need to know. And I was just doing it on the side. And I mean, I was doing it successfully, but I wasn't a professional. I didn't spend all my time looking at graphs, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but they were, it was fine. It, it wasn't it wasn't that at all when you love something I think it just happens mm-hmm. 100% and I think that yeah. part's very important for people to understand is you know you, you have to work hard at this is you know it's a hobby for most people right it's then mm-hmm. when it becomes a job you do have to work very very hard and you have to be yeah. up to date and you have to you know with your peers you have to have those conversations a lot of the people that you've been you know talking about so far and you know with that I'm, I'm kind of curious now that you know as you said in the last six months this has become your your full-time career for lack of a better term yeah. this is what you do now um now i know we really never made it into baseball season so that part's a little weird but on the football side mm-hmm. what was it like you know going from as doing this as a, a hobby and enjoying it and getting that okay, it's Sunday, I'm going to relax, I'm going to sit in front of the TV and look at my games to now, now this is a job. Now there's more on the line. Now you're on someone else's time and someone's, you know, how, how did you handle that aspect of it from going from a hobby to now this is your job and you have to be on at all times? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, that was a big shift for NFL season, getting up early in the morning and getting ready to do live streams for start sit. And then, and you're on the West coast too, right? Yeah. So I'm getting up at 630 in the morning Uh to get ready to make check all the injury reports and make sure I'm not telling somebody to start someone that's injured and all that kind of stuff, checking the weather. Um, So it's every Sunday, every Thursday night, we're doing the same thing. Howard and I answering questions. So yeah, I started to feel like, wow, I really don't want to give somebody bad advice. And I remember one week I told someone not to start Cortland Sutton and pick somebody else. And it was I think it was the general opinion. I don't mm-hmm. think it was like, you know, and Court and Sutland, of course, had a monster game, you know, and, and I got the tweet like, oh, thanks a lot for telling me, you know, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, great, am I going to be able to do this? And then now that person that did that, I just wrote back like, oops, or something. I don't remember. Sorry. And now the person that did that is one of my biggest followers, fans. We tweet all the time. Like, I actually think people do get it. They have that initial like yeah. annoyance. And then they realize like, well, it wouldn't be a game. It's like, okay, look, I can read the book on Blackjack. And I know, like, mm-hmm. I should hit this 16, but I don't feel like it. I want to stand, you know, whatever. And sometimes you're just right. There's still luck involved. If you could actually win, yeah, you're going to win a certain percentage of the time by following the rules. But the whole thing that makes it a game is that you can't know everything that's going to Exactly. Happen. Right. So that's part and of the fun of it. Of course. And of course, we've all been there. We've all been that guy before where, you know, somebody yeah. on the radio, on the internet, on TV is like, you should play this guy or you shouldn't play this guy. I lost a fantasy championship because I listened to somebody else. They're like, no, you have to play Mike Boone. I was like, are you sure? He's like, you oh, yeah. have to play Mike Boone. I was like, oh, all right, God. I'll play him. And I, and it was like, I was between it. I was like, Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone. Uh, all right, I'll sit Melvin Gordon. I'll play Mike Boone. And I was like, Melvin Gordon scores 20 points or whatever it ends up being. I think he had two touchdowns in week 16 and Mike Boone obviously did nothing. And if I played Melvin Gordon, I would have won by like three points. So. And how Lost. many of us spent like 70% of our fab on like Brian Hill? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things like a lot of us did and they were generally, but 
what can you do? That's the game though. I mean, I'm not angry about it anymore, but I was yeah, definitely I very <laughs> angry about it. I did not fall asleep very early that night watching him, you know, get sat in like the third, halfway through the third quarter or whatever it was. I was like, that Nothing. was pretty painful. Right. But it is what it is. Second place is all right, I guess. I don't know. It's whatever. Um, and I know that football is your other, you know, you love baseball, you love football. You and I are both not super into basketball, so we don't have to talk right. about that too much. So I guess that's a lot of information. What is that month of September, like August, September and October for you with both of them going at the same time? I mean, October is a little lighter for baseball, but obviously it's the playoffs. Like August and September must just be absolutely bananas for you. So yeah, August and September is really nuts. But luckily at that point, baseball is kind of all locked in. Mm -hmm. Like it's already been going for a while. So it's kind of set in there. So you just kind of look. um, And really it's the starting the scouting of the NFL at that point, trying to figure out what you're going to do. But it is the busiest. Mm -hmm. Um, August, September is definitely the busiest. And this year, it could be even... It could be insane, yeah. (laughs) could be insane because that October may not just be playoff teams. Cause obviously your fantasy baseball is done before fantasy playoff, mm-hmm. before playoffs, real playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's okay. But this year it could still be regular season mm-hmm. in October. Yeah. So I imagine there won't be a lot of sleeping going on. <laughs> Well, I guess, I mean, it, there's, there's going to be a lot of work and not so much sleeping, but man, if there is ever a job on planet earth that you could do that involves all of that, I'm sure this is the one you would vote for. Absolutely. I mean, I, like, I, I have to, I'm like, you know, if I'm dating someone, sorry, honey, I can't, I got to watch the game. Like, really? Really? You gotta I, watch, yeah, I, I have to watch this game. It's my job. Like, watch. this is what I do. Sorry. You want me to not pay the bills? <laughs> Come on. Who do you think you are? Um, no, I think it's so funny. And then with, um, you know, with that, like how, how deep do you go into the DFS side of everything? And mm-hmm. I guess you've been in the industry for a while. So you kind of saw DFS come along. Yeah. How, did you, did you always enjoy that aspect of it? Were you normally just like season long? Like be honest. It's okay. I'm not going to tell you. I remember the first time somebody told me about FanDuel. I don't know. This must've been years ago eight years ago, something, I don't know. And it was like, yeah, I've been playing this site, FanDuel, where you put together lineups and you win by Saturday. And I was like, oh my God, that exists. What? And I'm immediately like downloading FanDuel. I'm like, I'm going to win this puppy. And I'm playing NBA at this point. That's uh-huh. how bad I wanted to play it. So yeah, I play DFS. Seasonal's really where my heart is because seasonal is about um, friendships. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I like sports is I like trash talking the people in my league and I like making trades and I like the camaraderie and we get together at the all-star break and, you know, have mm-hmm. beers or whatever, but I still play DFS because I have all this knowledge and it's so much fun. Like you wake up in the morning, you're like, Ooh, I think I want to just play a game today. I'm just going <laughs> to play a game with myself. Right. Nobody, nobody else has to be here. I'm just uh-huh. going to play. Um, and, and during NFL season, I do a series of videos where I give people my contrarian picks for the week. Um, as well as value picks for the week. Mm-hmm. So I did play every week this year, NFL, quite a few, both DraftKings, FanDuel, mm-hmm. all of the things. Um, and MLB, I don't play as much, um, but I think this year I'm going to do more. Yeah, I mean, we you have to make up yeah. for this 30 to 60 exactly. potentially days off. So that just means like, I can't wait. I think I might buy another TV just so that I can watch right. all these things. I mean, just right? just this year, I mean, we might have, you know, if baseball's in November, we'll have baseball, we'll have the Masters and Alabama right. LSU potentially all on the same weekend. Uh, you love football. Like we love baseball. We're going to have to watch it all at the same time, right? That's why I have my iPad, my phone, my computer, like yep. I, I, you're going to have to, there's no way around it. And yeah, I'm going to play more DFS on all 
And what I have been doing a lot of already is best ball because this is me. I'm like 20 bucks. I'm going to try a new strategy. I forget I spent the 20 bucks and hopefully at the end of the year, all these like hundred drafts I've done every night, mm -hmm. um, I'll have $2,000. <laughs> Love it. All right. I will cross my fingers for you, Jennifer. Love I want it. you to have $2,000. Um, and so what are you doing on a daily basis to, to mm -hmm. get better? Like how, like there's only so much research you can do, right? So what are you doing within sports and then without outside of sports, as we talked about, you know, that cup of coffee and meditation, yeah. what else are you doing? What are you doing in both as aspects of your life to just make sure you're getting better every single day as well? This is such a good question. I love these questions. Um, obviously my meditation, my exercise, and I've been trying to connect even more and more via these platforms like zoom mm -hmm. and FaceTime with my family. And even with other friends that, you know, you get so busy and you think, oh, well, unless we can meet each other in person, what's the point? Yeah. You kind of text or whatever. And I've been trying to take that time. And I think that does make you better because it feeds your soul. And it reminds you like, let's slow down and let's talk and let's connect with other people. <laughs> so, so my meditation, my exercise, um, my video calls. Um, and we've been doing more video content at fantasy alarm as well. Um, lots of live streams, which means I've been pairing up with other people that I work with that I don't mm -hmm. usually get to talk to. And because we're not only talking about sports, we're asking them other questions like, Hey, what are your five favorite movies? Well, where's the place you would go on vacation? And that helps you get to know them and makes them more interesting and makes the whole thing more fun. I love that. That is incredible. And yeah, I, I kind of just forgot to ask because we were having so much fun. Fantasy Alarm, as you said, well, we kind of talked about it. We didn't specifically talk about it, but that's essentially where, as you said, six months ago is kind of how your, your full-time career started with this. I mean, what was it like when they came to you and said, hey, you know, we really love it if you came on the team or was it more you reached out to them and you said, you need some new oh, blood. Let me come over. So interestingly, I was actually working for another company at that time and I was doing video sports videos for them and I was writing stand-up scripts and all that. And a Rick Wolf, the president of fantasy alarm had seen them come through his Twitter. And he said, um, I've seen you doing these videos for this other company. And like we, Rick Wolf and I played in a league together and um, very competitively. And so he didn't realize I was doing anything on that side, but I'd already started working on these videos. And so um, he's like, do you know a lot about football? And I was like, well, I know some about football, but you know, baseball's my thing. But he's like, well, let's talk because we would like a person to do our live streams twice a week. So he called me up and he's like, look, I like the videos. Um, was wondering if you would talk with Howard Bender. And I was like, yeah, I'm willing to go even deeper into football. I, I like football. I play football. I just never thought about being an analyst. He's like, well, you know, study and let's talk to Howard. I talked with Howard. Absolutely fell in love with Howard Bender. If you don't know Howard Bender, this guy is like the crustiest, saltiest guy on the outside and like the gooeyest caramel center on the inside. Like he loves rom-coms. I tease him about it all the love time. It. It's hysterical. And we got along so well. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I was working for two companies. I was living the dream. <laughs> yeah, twice a week um, there. And then Fantasy Alarm are the ones that um, connected me with SiriusXM. Mm -hmm. They have been wonderful um, just supporting me. And I think it's because I had an existing friendship already with mm -hmm. Rick. And if you don't know Rick Wolf, he's like the mayor of fantasy sports. He knows everyone. He's such a good guy and he's always willing to help. Lenny Millenlick is another one in the industry mm -hmm. that's always willing to help. If anybody's thinking about getting into doing this, reach out to one of these two guys. They're so generous with their time and their knowledge. They're really good people. 
Yeah, I've had Lenny on the show already. His episode should be out by the time yours comes out. So anyone can yeah. go back and listen to that one. I've been trying to get Rick on. He was actually supposed to be on today. Unfortunately, schedules got collided. So I'll hopefully be having him on next week as well. So I'm very excited. So yeah, just all the people are so grateful. Um, so nice, so willing to help, as you said. And, you know, Jason has, you know, he's done a great job amassing a team over here, but then he's also allowed me to come in and get to talk to people like you. As I said, we want to make sure we're sharing, you know, we do believe a rising tide lifts all boats. We want to share some cool stories around the industry because we think there's a lot out there. So Jennifer, this was awesome. I told you we were going to have a lot of fun. You thought we were going to have a lot of fun. I think you were right. Um, anything else you want to leave us with? I think, I think we did a pretty darn good job. Yeah, I think we did a darn good job. You guys just remember that when you're doing this, it's supposed to be fun. And at the point that it's not fun, just take a step back, take a deep breath and remember what we're all going through now and what's important and then step back in when it's fun again. And do one more draft like Jennifer would. Jennifer Piacetti, <laughs> Piacenti, thank you so much. Fantasy sports analyst uh, at fantasyalarm.com, radio host on Sirius XM Sports Radio, Alarm Aster, After Hours with Justin Fensterman. Thank you so much for your time today, Jennifer. Thank you.